Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, July 19, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 83, the last paragraph. Today's readers are Amy G. and Santa H. The reference number for Monday, July 18th, is 8923. That's 8923. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rita P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Rita P., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Arkansas. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, but our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for His knowledge, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Rita. I will now ask Amanda S. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Amanda S., a recovering compulsive overeater in central Pennsylvania. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amanda. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 83, the last paragraph. I will ask Amy G to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. My name is Amy G. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Well, there's so much in there to talk about, but to focus on the, the last four sentences, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. It is so exciting to me to to have realized as I finished through step nine and, and some of these promises coming true in my life, the realization that I had something that I could share, my experience of what it was like, what happened, and what it was like now. 
you know, my recovery story. And it talks about it in working with others on page 89. It says, your, it, but it happens that because of your drinking or eating experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics or compulsive overheaters. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Why is that? Because I was there. I had been there. I know what it was like. I had experienced it. And that experience was, was what's going to allow me to carry the message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. And what's fantastic about that is that my feeling of uselessness and self-pity, it began to disappear. That promise came absolutely true in my life because now I had a purpose to carry the message. I came to this program, I mean, I don't know about you all, but I came to this program filled with self-hatred, with shame, and self-loathing. I felt that I was useless. I felt that I had no purpose in my life, and I was all focused on myself. And through working these steps, the whole world started to open up around me where I started to look and wanted to care about others. And I wanted to help. I wanted to be a part of this wonderful fellowship that was saving my life and giving me more to think about than food, the numbers, the scales, the exercise, all of those things. And I was able to then put together my story and start sharing at a meeting. And my experience could benefit others. You know, when you stand in front of a room and you're sharing your story, I mean, I didn't have to make anything up. It was just my story. And people nod their heads and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, which is what I did at my first meeting, nodding my head, listening to another story for someone else who said they had been there and I understood. They, I knew they knew what I was going through. This whole idea of self-seeking will slip away. I mean, I didn't turn automatically philanthropic and was looking outside of myself, but I started to grow and understand that part of my peace and serenity came from looking outside of myself and sharing the message and trying to be of help to the other person, to the still-suffering compulsive reader. I wanted to be more God-centered than self-centered. I realized that serving myself only didn't bring me true freedom and happiness, and I wanted to be a purpose. It makes me want to cry to think about the ability that I was able to be able to help and be a part of such a wonderful fellowship that allowed me to be of service and feel a purpose in this world. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Amy G. Okay, so we're going to focus our comments on the top of 84, starting with no matter what, I mean, no matter how far down the scale, through um, self-seeking will slip away. Who would like to comment on those uh, sentences? Nessa Larry. Hall. Charles H. Okay, Nessa. Melissa C. Bella. Larry. Larry. Christine. Nancy. Lynette. Nancy R. Renata. Lynn S. Did you get Melissa, Melissa C? I did get Melissa C. Okay. Let me tell you who I have. I have Nessa, Charles H., Melissa C., Bella G., Larry K., Nancy Ara, Lynn S., Renata G. I know I miss someone. Susanna K. Oh, Chrissy. Chrissy something. It's Chrissy, Chrissy G. Okay. Chrissy G., one more. Shoshana Roxanne K. Roxanne B. Okay, Shoshana K. and Roxanne B. And that's all we're going to take in this um, go-round. 
So I will, Roxanne and Shoshana. Okay. I have Nessa, I believe R, Charles H, Melissa C, Bella G, Larry K, Nancy R, Lynn S, Renata G, Chrissy G, Shoshana K, and Roxanne. I'm not sure the initial. Okay, so Nessa R, you're up, followed by Charles H. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I must say that early um, in my eating career, I experienced those things from the food. You know, the food made me feel in control. It gave me a sense of even comfort. Um, it gave me things that, feelings that I couldn't experience any other way, you know. Um, it, was, um, it was a cure. And, of course, um, because of that, I really pursued it. <laughs> I pursued it to the, as it says, to the gates of death or insanity. Um, but then, uh, why am I here? If I'm getting all these things from the food, I, it, didn't, it didn't stay that way. Um, the food turned on me very, very, very quickly. And then all these promises actually turned into the bedevilments that are found um, in the middle of page 52. And that's what the food gave me. Uh, and that's why I came, I came in, because the food was no longer helping me. It was making me miserable. Everybody else around me was miserable. Um, it was just not working the way I thought it was supposed to anymore. And I tried everything I could to gain those feelings back, to put the food back in its place, to get it to do what it was supposed to do, and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Um, now I'm getting all these promises from the steps themselves because, you know, all, all these um, all these things um, were blocking me from God, and it was the steps that unblocked me. Now my sense of ease and comfort comes from God, and, and all these beautiful feelings that are described here are becoming true. Some of them are more slowly than others, but invariably all of them um, are coming true, especially the feeling of usefulness to others. Um, you know, all the ease and comfort that I pursued in the food throughout my life, trying to bulldoze my way, through other people, people's lives so I could get what I want, so I could be happy. Um, and, you know, it was so elusive. I'm getting now just by being of service. And I don't think I could have gotten to this point um, without the steps, without removing the blockages, without a conscious contact with God that put me in alignment with his will for me and his will for me, for anybody, for all of us, is to be of service, to be of maximum service to him and to others. Um, and thank you, God. Thank you, God, for these steps. Thank you, God, for this uh, program that has unblocked me and put me on a much better footing uh, with myself, with God, and with others. And I pass. Thank you, Nessa. And now Charles H., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Thank you for your service. Charles H., a recovered composable reader just for the day. Um. Yeah, we got a program of action um, that 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 guarantees us if we continue to do this work on a daily basis. I mean, I can tell you when I was down in the food, they're not talking about you know you know I hear this analogy at meetings 
you know, I went down the scale and all that stuff. No, they're talking about when you was down it. When I, Charles H. was down in the dumps, I didn't care about helping nobody else. I didn't care about nobody else's life. I just cared about making it home, getting my bin substances, shutting down the windows, putting the phone off the hook, and just getting busy. Today, I care about others with, without any attachment. I just want to see them do good. I want people to do good. I want people. I want to be helpful to people without over. You know, I ain't. I ain't gonna be calling later like, yo, look today. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's attractive to to just, you know, do the right thing. But there's some steps that go in place first, and these promises will materialize all the time if I work with them. I don't want to jump the jump the gun, but there's promises all over the book. There's also warnings. There's conditions, and and and, and prayers. So. You know, Dr. Silkworth, that great doctor, says, you know, read this book through, man. Read this book through. You know, I, I think, you know, God bless the dead, but I think he was saying study this book. Study this book, right, and internalize this book um, into your life, and, and you will be of maximum service to other people. And that's what it's all about. The forward to the first edition tells us that, that we're here to help other people. And in order to help other people, we have to stay unblocked. We've got to be a vessel that can be helpful. If I'm blocked with yesterday's stuff, I ain't going to show up today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Bella G. Hi. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, you know, I just love how... Um, this, the idea of my experiences um, are valuable, you know, instead of being full of shame, um, which was always how I felt about things that weren't pleasant. You know, if it wasn't really good, if it didn't look really good, um, if it didn't appear good, then it had no value and no merit, and it was best to hide it, you know, hide everything um, in big shirts, you know, or um, put something over it, hide stuff so that people don't see your weakness. And um, this is exactly the opposite. You know, the more um, I'm learning in this fellowship especially, the more I share the stuff about myself um, that's been difficult, that's a struggle, um, the greater my happiness grows. You know, there's somebody um, out there when I tell something awful that I did, something that I would not have shared with my family, something that I would feel embarrassed by. But when I share it with people in the fellowship, um, somebody always responds to it, you know. And I'm thinking about when I'm out meeting for myself. Um, you know, when you look at people who look like they're, um, they look visually appealing and you never hear their story and they never share um, their difficulties, there's nothing for me to relate to. There's nothing for me to necessarily glean on to. And yet um, the people that I've responded to the most are the people who tell about their difficult times. And then there's the hope. That's where the hope exists. And, you know, for myself, um, my experience has value because it's useful to somebody else. It's not about pumping myself up, making myself appear better. You know, that I, I thought happiness was getting everything you want. Um, except for an addict like me, um, what I want is never ending. 
you know, happiness is um, being useful, being connected to my fellows in a real, genuine, and authentic way. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And now, Bella G., you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Yes, thank you, God, it happened to me. You know, before the program, before leaving the 12 steps one day at a time, I was very much isolated, and I was so much with shame, with guilt, with embarrassment. I was jealous. I was a people pleaser. And even if I wasn't in the uh, down the scale, even if I did something good, even if I it something I said something very very special, I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself. I didn't want people should know and people should see because. I didn't trust myself. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now that I am leaving the steps one day at a time, and now that I am connected to a loving and accepting power, yes, thank you, God. I start, I, I, you know, I am connected with myself. I know who am I. I am not connected anymore to my ego. I am connected to myself and to my feelings. And yes, thank you, God. I, by doing, by leaving the steps, and yes, after I, pay, I did step nine, with the, with the hard parts of it and with the pain, you know, I just got into freedom. And today, you know, it's such a wonderful feeling that I can share my experience and I can share my hope and I can share with other people and to help other people with, by, by talking about my mistakes, my experience, and by sharing my strength. And yes, we all have strength. God gave to everybody strength. And it's a freedom and it's a wonderful feeling that, yes, I can help others, especially when I was down the scale. There is no shame. There is no guilt. There is love and acceptance. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Larry Kay, you're up, follow, <coughs> excuse me, followed by Nancy R. Katie, thanks, uh, thanks for your service. Larry K. Recovered um, Compulsive Overeater. You know, I, I loved um, what Amy shared, um, uh, you know, because her experience, you know, continues to unfold in 2016. Um, and, you know, I mean, you can find people on this line whose lives have changed in miraculous ways. And yet, you know, I, I can connect it back. It's no different in 2016 than it was when, when Bill um, had his experience in 1934, you know, some drawn back. I mean, you know, you can find someone. Here was a guy who, by his own admission, was to commence uh, to forge the weapon, uh, in his case, alcohol. My substance is different, but we both, we both share an alcoholic mind. 
that would one day turn in its flight like a boomerang and all but cut him to ribbons. You know, I mean, here was a guy uh, like me who was so miserable. Um, he said that the curve of his declining moral and bodily health fell off like a ski jump. I mean, I can, I can most certainly relate to, to that state. You know, perhaps you can as well. But then this guy, Bill Wilson, just like Amy, was exposed to a process of spiritual recovery. And, it, and in him, it produced the essential psychic change. And now you fast forward to here we are, and, um, you know, it's a tie into our promises, but even Bill said, he said, I was soon to be catapulted into what I like to call, he said, the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. God did for him, as he did for me, for Amy, for other people on this line, many others what we could not do for ourselves. And I mean, if you would have known me um, not that many years ago, you, wouldn't have, you would not have wanted to hear what I had to say. You may not want to hear what I have to say now. That's okay. But trust me, back then, nobody was clamoring to hear what I had to say because I could only give away what was inside me. If you squeezed me like an orange, the only thing that came out you know, when you squeeze an orange, is orange juice. When you squeeze Larry, what comes out is bitterness, resentment, fear. That's not, that's not what comes out of me today. Just not. God's changed me. Just changed me. And how? Did I have some great epiphany? No. No, I did not. I had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps taken in sequence. God changed me, raised me from the scrap heap was sitting in a you know scrap heap and he raised me thank god for alcoholics anonymous with that i'll pass thanks thank you larry and now we have nancy r followed by lynn s thank you thank you so very much for your service and thank you to all who shared this morning i've gotten a lot from them my name my name is nancy r i am indeed a grateful a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater and the phrase that just shot at me, that compelled me to share this morning, uh, is no matter how far down the scale we have gone, uh, I have been relieved of my primary addiction for a long time. Um, I've only been recovered, I would say, in the last three years. But uh, God relieved me of that merciless addiction. Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing here today. And... Um, I often, I do not dwell on the past. I do not dwell on the past. This program has taught me to live in the present. And, but when I, I heard this phrase, I had an instant uh, flashback of me walking down, uh, busy Chicago downtown, weighing over, 300 pounds, weighing over 300 pounds with a box of Fannie Mae's in one hand, uh, pushing it down my throat as fast as I could. I was in tears because I didn't want to do that, but I didn't know how to do it. Um, memories of me getting up in the middle of the night, terrified, uh, living in a high-density area, losing my parking space, knowing that I'm going to have to walk blocks to get back to my apartment, not wanting to do it, but having, having had to do it, not being able to stop it. Uh, this disease has taken me to the pits of hell. 
And um, I'm so grateful today that I can shout that I don't do that. I have no desire. I'm not compelled. The mental obsession has been lifted. And um, today I can uh, empathize with anybody. Oftentimes when I see people who uh, are, are extremely obese, I empathize because I've been there. And I, uh, today I am so grateful that uh, I'm not in that morass of self-pity and self-deprecation uh, that I stayed in for a while. This program has set me free, and it enables me to share uh, my experiences with anybody that God sends my way, and for that I'm eternally grateful. What a small price to pay for the freedom that I enjoy today. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Nancy R. Lynn S., you're up, followed by Renata G. Good morning. This is Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada, recovering compulsive overeater. This, the promises really resonate with me, and it, it always amazes me how profound program is. Because obviously, you know, coming into program and, and finding this amazing place where you your people understand that you eat the way you eat and that you're not crazy or multiple personality or any of these things, but that you do have a disease and there's a way out. And then to read these promises, which it was, I never thought that I would ever get any of this. And I didn't even know that's what I wanted until it was laid out so clearly here in the book. And I thought, oh my God, that's what I've been searching for my whole life. But then after recovery, after 17 years of recovery, I went into a relapse. And I, I got to tell you, as awful as the disease was pre-programmed, after you have experienced recovery, and then you go back out, the despair and the remorse and the feelings of uselessness and self-pity, it was, for me, it was 100 times worse. And I was in and out of relapse for about eight years. And what is so profound is after my ego took, sort of got over the fact that I'd been in recovery, I had to let all of that go. And again, it was so humbling and, and to finally come out of that, that self-pity and, and the ego problem, the phrase that keeps speaking to me was, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we have, our experience can benefit others. And I have... Experience the humility that program talks about, and my experience in life has been helpful to others. I have been I have more empathy now. It's opened up a whole new ability for me to be with others and to speak with others, and, and a clarity and a um. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but something's changed in me where I can I can empathize. I can't say the word. I just know that program is a process, and this, the way that uh, promises touch you. Excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but people are unmuted. If everyone could please make sure they're muted by pressing star one, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. I just wanted to say that 
the process of the program and recovery, it doesn't end. And, you know, you can be as dry as dust and you can be as abstinent as ever and you can have all these years behind you, but still things are revealed. Like the, the promises continue to grow and you go deeper. And I am ever so grateful that it's not a one-shot deal and that somebody like me got the opportunity to recover again. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. And now we will have... Renata G, followed by Chrissy G. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Istanbul. And I want to focus on no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. And what's coming up for me this morning, afternoon here, is that you know, this is, again, in step nine, right? After I've done the work from eight to nine, I mean, to from step one to nine, because, you know, my experience before going through the steps was complete hopelessness. It was one failed attempt followed by another failed attempt to live life. And that was the experience I had to offer others, you know, to try managing and control my food and weight, my life, and just failure after failure. But then, you know, by working these steps on a daily basis, things change. And, you know, it it made me think of one of my favorite pages in the book, page uh, 124. And there are two uh, paragraphs there that I want to read. On the first paragraph, it says, we grow by our willingness to face and rectify errors and convert them into assets. The alcoholic's past does become the principal asset of the family, and frequently it is almost the only one. And so, you know, my hopelessness in this disease, plus, you know, the willingness to work this program, then, you know, propelled me to have something good, a solution to share with others. And then, you know, it's, it also says, um, cling to the thought that in God's hand, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. And, you know, the idea that really is screaming at me this morning is that, you know, having experience reaching bottom after bottom in this disease and then working the steps, having the willingness to go through the process to make my amends, then, you know, my higher power take all of that and transform in something miraculous that can really be helpful to other people, something that I could never do on my own because I used to wake up every morning and ask myself, what is the point of living I felt so useless that, you know, I I didn't I didn't want to live life. And today, that's not my reality. Today, I have a solution to share with other people. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. Now we'll have Chrissy G. followed by Shoshana K. Hi, this is Chrissy G. Recovered compulsive reader and anorexic from New Jersey, and um, I I just remembered the feeling of being so sick of myself when I came in, when I really hit bottom and came into this program, just so sick of my, my thoughts, my obsessions about myself, 
my need to try to um, arrange life to be more comfortable to suit me. It was it my bottom, and I I I noticed that with a lot of people who have come to emotional bottom, it it wasn't it wasn't losing things in my life necessarily. It was just a feeling of of hopelessness that my my gold when I set out in the morning to arrange my life to to suit me and to make me comfortable always ended in in some kind of frustration or disaster and and when I looked at when I looked at my inventory when I went through when I was able to see that the lowest parts of my life when I was able to get outside myself and forget myself because of seeming you know calamities and tragedies I was able to be free of that obsession of self. It was like, whoa. Now, that was powerful for me. And that's been the real big spiritual shift was it for me is from being completely self-centered to other-centered. And you know, I think the further progression of my recovery will be, because I have this some days, but to have the feeling of want, wanting to be God-centered and please God, you know, make me useful. If, I, if that's my prayer all day, make me useful, make me useful to you, then I'm in a really good state of being, really good state of mind. I'm really free. I'm really free from the obsession itself because that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's my disease is an obsession with self. My, all of my schemes, my designs, my plans, my comforts, um, all, all of that has to do with that is what brings me mis- complete misery. And the opposite is true. And I've found that peace in this program to be released from the bondage of self and to be useful to God and to feel fully whole. And the good news is it's available to anybody who wants it badly enough. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Chrissy. And now we'll have Shoshana Kay followed by Roxanne. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service at Shoshana Kay from Maryland, newly recovered, compulsive overeater, and so, so grateful to everybody on this line. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, God, and thank you for my sponsor. I wanted to say that um, that feeling of uselessness, that really, really bothered me and got to me a lot when I was in the food. I'd feel like I just wasn't able to do anything, I wasn't worth anything, all that low self-esteem stuff, and what would I do? Another brownie down my throat. And then self-pity, poor me, I'm fat, another brownie down my throat. And I was in this never-ending cycle, like a jail that I put myself in by eating that way and thinking that way, and it would cause that allergy of the body that I had to have more, and that mental obsession of my mind, I, I would just, even if I would white-knuckle it and not have it, I just wanted it, I would think about it, and it was just such an awful way to live, and um, now that I've gone through the big book with a Vision for You sponsor, and um, working now, living in steps 10, 11, and 12, and so grateful, I definitely had these promises starting to come true for me just like a few weeks ago. It's all so fresh and new. I'm so happy I can share it. I was folding laundry and just this wave of peace came over me. Just a feeling of peace came over me. 
because I know I'm focusing on others and uh, I'm not in that selfish mode. And it's just such a relief. And um, just one more thing is that step 10 is right here coming up. And I, I would put the inventory that my sponsor gave me in my purse. I, you can, if you, everyone has these iPhones, I don't like them, but they can be on your iPhone. You can carry it with you wherever you go. So if you're in traffic, you're in a long shopping line, whatever it is, or a doctor's appointment, you're waiting and waiting. I, I take it out and I do it right then and there. And I, I just am so determined and so grateful to live in this program. And with that, I share. I pass. Sorry. I pass. Thank you you so much, Shoshana. And Roxanne, you're up. Good morning, everyone. This is Roxanne B. Recovered in Detroit. When I look at these promises, I I think back to how life was for me. Um, I've been a compulsive overeater and uh, had the attendant twisted thinking since I was a small child. And so when I was able to seek psychological help, I sought help that would enhance my ego, would make me feel better about myself, would build my sense of self. And I didn't realize that that wasn't the right road to be walking down. That led me to more self-obsession and self-pity. And certainly it kept me in the cycle of reaching for the food when um, the emotions and the circumstances of life made me feel more than I, can ha- I could handle. What I love about these promises is they don't talk about building my ego or enhancing, about myself, or enhancing my self-esteem. They talk about being of service. They talk about uh, me using my experience to benefit others. And I have found that service is like a miracle. No matter how much uh, life may be challenging me, no matter how bad my day might feel, if I put my focus on, on what I can do for others, holding open a door, sending a prayer, sharing a smile, giving somebody 150% of my attention as I listen, all of those small efforts, if done in a spirit of service, can completely transform how I'm feeling, and therefore I can be of more continued use in the world. Thank you, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Roxanne B. And I will now open it up for more people to share on this section, if if you'd like. Vasa O. Vasa O. Okay, go ahead, Vasa. And hoodie. We'll move on. Okay, hoodie. Okay, Vasa and hoodie. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service. And Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Oveda, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And when I heard the promises at the end of the meetings, I remember saying, this is just too good to, to believe. And uh, I, I really, really focused on how the program worked and, and the promises uh, right at the end. And I was, I was just so down. You know, I had been so sick and tired of being t- sick and tired trying to put the food down. And God met me where I was. My higher power just met me where I was. 
And, you know, it seemed like I listened, you know. I, in my, my mind was just so open because I did not want to die in this disease. And it gave me so much hope. And I remember my sponsor said, we have to give it away. You know, what we are learning, what we're getting here, we have to give it away. And I said, yeah, I, I had a good absence for a while. I remember saying, well, I've got nothing to give. You know, I mean, yeah, I can tell I can clean the houses, I can cook and do this for other people, but when it comes to this, I don't know how to do it, I can't do it. And she said, just share your experience, how you were before and how you were, and how God is, uh, your higher power is working through you right now. And then, you know, you don't have to know all the steps yet, you know. You, you just tell them what you're doing up to this point, you know, a month or two months or three months, whatever it's working for you. And I started sharing, you know, I wanted to bring everybody to OA. OA. I, mean, I wanted to get up in that, on my roof of the house and, and yell and scream, everybody come, this is the solution. And I remember looking for friends that were struggling with the food, you know. They didn't want to hear about it, you know. They're not ready. I was so, so ready, you know. And I just love to give what I've received uh, so far, and I'm just so grateful. I did have a spiritual experience right from the beginning, and that's what kept me coming. If I didn't have that spiritual experience, I don't think I would have had the patience or the tolerance to to do the steps, you know. And then somehow God, again, got me, and I kept coming and I'm coming, and I haven't left. I've been here for years and years, decades, you know, because I hear when people go back into relapse, you know, it's 100 times worse to, to get it back. I had a friend that went into relapse, and she begged me, she would call me, don't go back to the food. I beg you because I am miserable, you know, and that's what happens. Sometimes I say, oh, I wonder what's going to happen if I did go back. Well, I, God, my higher power will always put somebody in my life and, and, and share their experience, what they've gone through, the relapse. I have a lot of compassion today. You know, I see a lot of people, you know, really being overweight. I just want to go and hug them, you know, whether it could be in the grocery store or somewhere else, you know. I just want to hug them. I just want to tell them, you know, please, you know, there is hope. There is solution. But I, I don't do it. I just pray for them. And when somebody... God will put somebody in my life, I'll wrap it up, then I will share my experience if they're interested. Thank you, and I pass. Okay, Hoodie, thank you, Vasa. Hoodie, you're up. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Hoodie R, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Israel. And um, these promises, you know, when I first originally came into these rooms and I heard about being recovered, working through the steps, and I'm looking at these promises, and I thought, no, I could never get these promises. These promises, I mean, how, they were just way beyond me. Um, I never thought that I would be um, being able to to reach these. I mean, you know, we will not, um, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. And I always thought, like, me, 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 it was all, if only I could arrange my life um, how I want it to be, that would make me happy. Um, I always had this conception of what happy 
is and what joy is. And after going through the 12 steps, after going doing the um, the steps 4 through 9, I began to make them and I began to focus um, on myself and less on others um, and seeing my part in things. All of a sudden, um, I woke up and, um, you know, those old ideas added to the emotions that used to dominate me and my I um, were cast aside, and that spiritual experience came into view. And you know the happiness, the joy that I have today is not what the happiness that I imagined in the past. Um, and today, my greatest joy is to be useful um, and helpful to others. My maximum service is to, to to my higher power and to others, and to be of service, and um, you know to be one of many. And um, and that is that the serenity today. I don't feel like I'm. I'm just feeling that I'm living in the moment today, and whatever, whatever, just moving one one moment at a time through the day, and what will take place will happen, and what um, is is His will for me to do is I could say Thy will, not mine, be done. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie. And we we just have uh, six more minutes. If there's anybody else who would like to share on this, otherwise we'll move on. Barbara N. Amy E. Barbara Barbara N. Amy okay, Barbara. Okay, we have Barbara N. and Amy E. Okay, go ahead, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara N. Recovered in New York. Um, the first one that jumps out at me here is no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Well, two parts of that are really meaningful to me. First of all, the fact that they mentioned the scale. Um, and I realize how completely detached I am from that at this point. You know, when I came in, part of my addiction was getting on the scale, like, maybe 10 times a day, maybe more even. And, you know, if, if the scale was up a half a pound, it was a bad day. If the scale was down even a little bit, it was a good day. And I, my emotions were completely tied to this addiction to the scale and how I never think of that now. I don't even own a scale now. So, you know, just in reflecting back and how, you know, I don't even think about those things anymore. And um, I'm so not oriented toward a particular number. And then we will see how our experience can benefit others. You know, I have this feeling all the time, you know, when I, when I wake up and I, and I ask God to, you know, use me, just use me up. And I have this feeling that nothing is being wasted. Nothing at all. I mean, every wound, every... Every experience I've had, all of the talents I have, my creativity, um, all new things that are emerging through me since I've been working this program and since I've just, you know, the steps have, you know, unblocked me. And all this stuff is coming through that I never even knew was inside me. But, you know, the stuff from the past, too, I, I just have this constant feeling that God is using me up and you know I've opened the door for that in doing these steps I mean all I did was 
work these steps and open the door. And here I am living a completely different life than I was, you know, even six months ago. I remember saying to my husband when I was deep in my addiction and, you know, very, very depressed, I said, you know, I don't want to move from this chair because every single thing I love to do, I'm terrified of. Everything I really want to do and love to do, I'm scared to death of. And today I'm actually doing those things. And I I look at my life and I'm just, you know, so grateful, so very grateful, grateful to all of you for, you know, just always being there, always picking up the phone, being on this line every morning, grateful for these steps, and, and most of all, grateful to God for the blessings of this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. And now we'll have Amy E. Hi, this is Amy E., uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Ohio. This, I really have been enjoying the shares, and it's makes me smile because when I uh, encountered Overeaters Anonymous and these promises, I was kind of numb to them. I thought, you know, yeah, those are kind of, those are nice. Um, The promises I wanted were um, uh, to be 125 pounds. Um, You will know the freedom of being able to fit into anything that you want at at the store. Um, You will uh, get lots of dates. Men will be interested in you. You will feel confident and beautiful. You won't be afraid of mirrors. I mean, I wanted those promises. I didn't want these character development promises. I didn't really care about my character development. I thought my problem was food. I wanted to eat like, um, I wanted the promise to be that you could have cake and not gain any weight. You know, that was the promise that I wanted. And uh, it really is, as somebody else pointed out, a major, major shift in my thinking that today I do seek character development over um, any particular number on the scale or any particular number on the back of my, uh, in the tag on the back of my shirt, um, that I, um, those are, you know, I've achieved those things and I'm at a healthy weight and I love the way that my body looks, but that has all been the outgrowth of doing these steps and uh, accepting life as it is and not having any quarrel with life and cleaning up the wreckage of my past and being able to look people in the eye uh, who I would have crossed the street to avoid in the past because I was ashamed, embarrassed, or just filled with resentment. So um, I'm grateful that it's a process, and uh, in, in the process of working the steps, I have gotten to this place where service to others and a new freedom and a new happiness and serenity are my goals. Um, and when they're not, it's a reminder to me to double down on my meetings and on my service work uh, because the further I get away from these promises in terms of um, ideals and goals, uh, principles that I live by, the closer I am to picking up that first compulsive bite. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Amy. Okay, well, it's uh, time to close our meeting. Um, Thank you to everyone who has shared, Amy G, Santa H, and Irini M for being in the background, Rita P, Amanda S. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Santa H please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
start in the Katie. Again, my name is Santa H., gratefully recovered, living in a solution one day at a time. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize that we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. That is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in this fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.